You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsman of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsman. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms. Fueled by Joy. is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Shoot up yeah. 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 Good boy. Good boy, Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week do you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP.
I'll tell you like I tell everyone else. I'm going to hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. On this episode of the Houndsman XP Podcast, I bring it all home right here, folks. I finally cornered Mr. Ed Bates and his son, Scott, and we sat down at English Days in Florida, Illinois, to record this episode. And I'll just tell you how important it was for me to capture this story. Ed lives about an hour and a half from me. I drove five hours to Florida, Illinois, because I knew they were going to be there. And Scott and I had a plan to corner him and get him on this podcast. It was fun. Not only is this story full of humor, and you're going to find out that Ed loves to tell a good story, and he tells it in a way that's funny and humorous, but you're also going to see a, a very heartfelt story about the relationship that, that Scott and Ed have how much coon hunting means to that family and how it has totally shaped their lives. To give you just a little more insight without ruining this whole story and, and retelling it in the interview, I want you to think about something. Ed Bates has won two world championships and his son Scott has won one. So between the two of them, a father and son duo, we have three-time world champions. Not to mention the national championships and the titles and the dogs in the Hall of Fame, the most impactful dogs in Coonhound history. It's all here. The old South Dog Box is rocking. It's time to dump the box. Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter. Boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment. Dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whew, they have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a garment and dog trade dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top of the industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Girth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public generations of excellence. Now we got something. Now we got power again. Yeah. Back back on full power all right you're a hard guy to wrangle to get to get get rounded up ed yeah i stay on the move and i'm quick on my feet you probably noticed that yeah 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 for 79 he moves pretty quick yeah yeah no doubt Yeah, cat like reflexes yeah <laughs> are you 79 79 well that saved me from having to ask the question that's right he's yeah. only been married uh Let's see, I'm 50, be 56. He'd be only been married 54 years, I think. Uh, yeah. No, we've been married 58. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what, it's been, uh, I really have. I've been looking forward to getting this, this podcast uh, recorded because it's kind of a rare thing to be able to sit down with a father and a son that have won a world championship. It's one of, one of my proudest yeah. moments. That's right. Yeah. 
And what was proud of just about winning the world hunt or because your dad did it and and then you repeated it, Scott? Well, both. Uh, both. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I grew up wanting to be him my whole life. He was my idol. So I went to work the same place he did, and I uh, I was set to win a world hunt, and I was very fortunate to do it at a young age, 25 years old. Yeah. yeah. Did you do it with one of the dogs out of your dad's stock? Unfortunately, he wasn't real closely related, but uh, he was a red tick English dog. Mm-hmm. But he was a good one. Pale, yep. face, pale face Joe, 1991. Yeah. yeah. What year did you win the world hunt, Ed? 1979. 79. Yeah. And what? this is what I really I, I want to start out with, I think. where? What year did you start coon hunting? What do you think I, it was? How old were you, do you think? Uh, actually, coon hunting... When I was when I was real small, we lived in Kentucky, uh-huh. and uh, Dad would carry me on his back, but we didn't have any coon. Yeah, you know, we treat possums and squirrels and etc. Um, but we moved up to Ohio, and uh, I had a next door neighbor named Frank Childers. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was my mentor and just like a father, I loved him. Yeah, and he started taking me coon hunting, and I never, you know, I was so impressed. First night we went, uh, I think we had. Three kitten coons and a, up a little old den tree there, and I thought, my God, it's like tree and bears, you know. <laughs> yeah. So you don't, you really don't remember a time in your life when you weren't hunting. Then, if your dad was packing you on your I back tried. And stuff. Dad, dad was a hunter. My grandfather was a hunter. Yes. Yeah. So that would have been what? My parents are 1941. Is when were you born in 41? 43. You were born in 43. 43. Yes. I lost a couple years tracks on. When, I know my parents were 46, and I guess I just realized they were 76 now. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah, I knew that. I just was trying to figure that out. Miscalculated just a little bit. Yeah. For, 1943, and so you would have been probably your earliest memories would have been in 49 or somewhere around in there. That's about. That's about right. Yeah, yes. probably about six years old when you really start. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, my neighbor, Frank Childers, he hunted red bones. In fact, uh, I was probably about 10, and he, he took me to a night hunt, and uh, he had a dog named Strong's Red Bud, and it was my understanding he was the first red bone night champion dog in the world. Uh, nice dog. Yeah. Tremendous dog. What were hunt? What's your What's your earliest recollection of that hunt? What do you remember about that hunt when you were ten? A competition we, coon hunt. How many dogs were there? Well, uh, I went on the final cast. It was down to two dogs. It was elimination style, the way they had that set up. Yeah. Uh, my biggest memory of that night was the first color TV I ever saw. This guy he had a color TV, and I was more impressed with. With that, and I was the dog. You know, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> oh. How many dogs do you think were there to get down to that final cast? Now, that I honestly can't answer, but they they had uh, a world hunt, and I think they only had like 20 dogs or something to start with. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, every year it kept getting bigger and better, and, and uh, we, we got up... In the ACHA, we were running five and six hundred dogs. In the uh, world hunt? In the world championship. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Seven hundred at times. Uh, could, yeah, yeah. That's possible, yeah. Yeah. What years would that, what, what years would you consider the heyday? Were the peak years for that? I, I'm going to say the heyday for, uh, for the night hunts were probably 70 up to perhaps 85, somewhere mm-hmm. along there. 
And then we started seeing a, a uh, decline. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how did it change from, you know, the early – because if your earliest memory, when you were 10, you would have been 50. That would have been 1953. Uh, how Do you remember how the hunts were ran back then or, or anything in the early 60s? Or? Yeah, if you made a tree, you got plus points. If you just made if a tree? If you made a tree, they plused you, yeah. You didn't even have to find the raccoon? Oh, no. No, that's <laughs> secondary. Yeah. That's something I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 And how many hours were you hunting? Three. You I hunted three hunted hours? Three hour cast. Uh, like I say, there wasn't a lot of dogs originally back then running, but it every year was like a snowball going downhill. What do you it, think? What do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think it gained so much momentum? Well, there had never been anything out there before, uh, and I can't even think of the original registration. It, it wasn't ACHA, uh, maybe in in case NCA or something like that was the original ones and they they were the ones that plussed everything and then uh, uh, they came along and started putting together ACHA and that was the the big daddy that was it yeah. was the big daddy when you won that buddy you had something just this is going to be heard all around the world um, and uh, a lot of people wouldn't be familiar with some of the names but what are some of the names of the people that were uh, well-known and big-time winners back in the 70s, the early days of ACHA. Uh, James Merchant, my hero. He was my hero. I hunted with uh, Merchant's Bowley mm-hmm. when I was a kid on a cast. How, uh, how would you have been at that time? Probably 10 or 12. Yeah. yeah. But I, I hunted with Bowley, and Jim brought him to Germantown, Ohio. And I would just, he just took my breath away, you know. Well, what about him took your breath away? Uh, the big name that that he was, and Jim brought him there in a green, I think a '55 Ford, a brand new one, had him sitting in the back seat, you know. <laughs> so it, it was it was it was a show. It yeah. was a show. Yeah, yeah. But Jim was way ahead of his time. Jim was a tremendous handler, uh, and he was a dog man. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we had uh, on the Walker dogs, Joe House. Uh, had a bunch of good hounds. I mean, good dogs. Uh, what do you think about what do you think about uh, the type of dogs? I eventually want to get to the type of dogs we're hunting now versus the type of dogs that we were. You know, you started right. out with. Right. Um, how old do you think you were when you first entered your uh, first competition hunt? Ten. You were 10, yeah. so you asked yeah. that one you went to. Now, now, I wasn't running the dog in that. Uh-huh. But uh, Frank Frank took me to every hunt that was coming and going, and he had a whole uh, pen full of dogs, and he would send me out there. And I started out, I was hunting red bone dogs, you know, for him. So you were actually handling. Handling You the didn't dogs. just go to a hunt. You oh, no, were I, handling dogs right. at 10. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. To interject on that, uh, Chris. My first win was uh, at nine. I won a cast, a night champion cast at nine. Yeah. I used to have the old full cry. Yeah. Yeah. The, sure the full cry. I don't know whatever happened to it, but I was nine. So, yeah, he, he, uh, I got him beat there. I was nine. Yeah. He was ten. Oh, you got one up on, on dad, huh? That's right. That's, yeah. the, that's the only thing I got up on him. <laughs> what kind of dog were you hunting? That would have been a dog called Meeks John. 
Um, I've heard of that dog. Meeks John was a, was about as big a, a good a pleasure dog as you could ever ask. He didn't hunt out of the world, didn't have to. He just treated coons and sounded good. To a kid, could, as they say, a kid could call him. Yeah. I promise you a kid could call yeah. us. Yeah. I had five or 600. Des- describe that dog. Describe Meeks John. What type of dog was he? Dad, what do you uh, – uh, we don't have the same story, but it's, yeah. e- it's easy. Uh, a big, good-looking red tick dog. He was half Walker and half, half English. Boone Creek Mike. I Boone think Creek right. Mike. Went back to uh, uh, Banjo 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, a tree dog. But, see, they started that dog uh, as a squirrel dog. And he was out of a little old uh, red-looking female, a little red tick female. And, of course, they bred her to this walker dog, uh, Boone Creek Muck, Buck, that was out of Mike. Yeah. But uh, they started him as a squirrel dog. And, boy, it sure didn't hurt him any because if there was a coon out there, that sucker could find it. Uh, he, walked, he was kind of a low-end strike dog, had the most beautiful locate and chop mouth tree dog that was ever hung on a hound. Class act. Class act. <laughs> Phil, Phil Meeks owned him, first time I ever saw him. And they had a set of, uh, Phil had gotten him, and they had a set of bogus papers on John. And uh, and he had, uh, Phil had put a uh, first on him, mm-hmm. and he called me, and he won the single registry. I mean, he was trying to make, do it right. Right. And I, I thought, well, you know, he don't have to do a whole lot for me as an inspector, because this man's, you know, he's trying to, trying to make it the way it should be, do mm-hmm. the right thing. And uh, he came up, and, and he had another gentleman with him, had a little uh, blue English female, and you're supposed to go take them by theirself. And he said, Sam, uh, my buddy came, and is it okay if he hunts his female? And I said, well, well, yeah, I don't care, you know, what the heck, you know. Yeah. Like I said before, the guy's trying to make it right. And we went out there, and that, that dog treated five coons. That female never pulled an up bark, and he'd stand up on the side of that tree like a big stud horse with every breath. And Phil would, when we got ready to leave each tree, he just said, "Come on, John," and he'd drop down off on that tree and walk right along with him until Phil sent him. Well, that sparked an interest to me big time. Uh huh. That's one reason he wanted to be an English inspector, I think. <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> But that, that sparked an interest in me on John, and uh, it took me a little while to do it. He he made him a bench champion uh, before I bought him, and, and uh, of course his name remained Meeks' John. But uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. A real dog. And what year would that have been? That would have been uh, 74 maybe. No, been about 76, 77, I think. Okay. Got seven seventy six. So that's Florida. after. That's after. Let's start. Well, I think we better start at the beginning. I think. You I think. Too. I think we better just start at the beginning, Ed, because makes John isn't where you got your start. No, the it was The best dog that I know you ever had was a cash dog. Blue cash. Yeah. Blue cash. And how did you go from hunting red bones to? No, I didn't hunt red bones in. Well, I'm just saying right. you started out with that red bone, right. and then you end up becoming. Ed Bates of the English yes. breed, you know. How did you get there the time? How, when did you get your first English dog? I, I was probably 15 uh-huh. when I got my first English dog. Uh, and I had a good, a pretty darn good uh, hound that I was running. Not an A-level dog by any means, 
But when Barbara and I got married, I sold him to buy us some used furniture. I think I sold him 350 bucks. And I told her, I said, I'm going to quit hunting. You know, I've been obsessed with this sport all my life. Yeah. And I'm going to quit hunting. And I've probably walked a hole in the carpet uh, that period I didn't have a dog. <laughs> and she said, why don't you get you a dog? So I said, well, you know, I'm just going to pick up some little trick, something I can hunt with. Yeah. And, and enjoy, you know. I'm not I'm not going to go back like I did. Uh-huh. And I bought one. I did that, too. How'd that, first, how'd, that, how'd that work out for Not you? too good. <laughs> the, first, the first time I took it hunting, that thing started running up and down a, a ditch line, mopping and waxing. And uh, a guy was with me. I said, if you want him, go get him. I'll give him to you. And he said, oh, I'll get him. I said, he's yours. I don't want him. But, you know, I just, uh, I like a good hound, and I, I expect a lot out of it. But I had, uh, I had a good walker female. Uh, this was probably in 66 or 67. I had a good walker female named uh, Big Valley Jean, and I won the first three hunts I put her in. And I was at a hunt there in southern Ohio, and I draw out with a guy named Eddie Bowman. And he had a little dog. Uh, he called her Ladybird. And I thought, man, that's the funniest name I ever heard on a dog. You know, bird. She's a pretty little old trick. She, I bet she didn't weigh 40 pounds, if that. But we had a, I, like I say, I had a real good walker bitch. And uh, we had a knockdown drag hunt, just unbelievable. And the last tree I had by myself, and Eddie found the coon for me, and I won the cast. And we were walking down the road. Now, mine was, she's probably a four-year-old dog. She was seasoned down. And we were walking down the road there, and, and I told Eddie, I didn't know him. It's the first time I'd ever met him. And uh, I said, buddy, you, uh, that's a nice hound you got there. He said, she's going to make a dandy. And I said, what do you mean make a dandy? She's already a dandy. And he said, well, she's just 13 or 14 months old. And I said, is that right? So I got on him, and I said, would you sell that dog? And uh, he said, I don't really want to sell her. She'd be pretty high. And I said, well, what would you take for her? And he said, $500. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it. And I said, would you give me a week to come up with, with the money? And he said, yeah. So I put the money together. Sold your wife's furniture. Yeah, sold her furniture and went back into the <laughs> English dog. Fish I wonder if she's in charge of the money. That's now. right. <laughs> yeah. fish, fishing poles. He was going to quit fish, fishing, I did. Too. I sold fishing poles and everything. Yeah. But uh, meanwhile, he rented in Indiana and won the Indiana State Championship that weekend. I went down on Sunday, and uh, and I bought her. I get $500 for her. She was, she was a fantastic unit. I mean, I just loved that little dog. Tree dog. You couldn't count the barks on a tree. Hmm. Uh, I took her to the first big hunt I ever went to myself. Uh, I think that was in 68 or 9. I took her to the U.S. Championship. Dogs everywhere. You know, guys driving big uh, RVs and pulling pulling uh, pickup trucks. And we went in there with our old 58 station wagon, black station wagon, a dog riding his back seat or the back end. Yeah. And uh, I won with her, and you won, you won the whole thing. I won it all. You won the U.S. Champion. Yeah. yeah. Well, how was that dog bred, Ed? Uh, her papers were not right. 
when I bought her, uh, he told me, he said, you know, I don't know about these papers. Of course, there was no DNA at that time. Right, you know? right. And uh, after, I, after I got her, and uh, and Bowman, he, he that night he got the first on her. He, he finished her into a night champion. So her name was Bowman's Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, she was out of a, a blue dog, blue English dog, that was half English and half cur dog. No kidding. And I, and I never saw him. They said he was a bobtail cur dog that someone stole down in Tennessee. I don't, I don't know what color he was or nothing. Huh. But they said he was a whale of a tree dog. And he was out, and she was out of an English female, a red tick English female. But I, I run her all over, and she had, she was gaining fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I think it was at uh, Autumn Oak or one of the big hunts, and I wanted to breed her. And there's a lot of, of advertised English dogs out there, mm-hmm. so I, <clears throat> I went around to several guys one at a time. Of course, they they wanted to breed the ladybird. And I said, hey, after the hunt tonight, you know, some of us are going for a little hunt, and I'd like to see your dog go. Would you want to go? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to go. We went out there. We had one English bitch, which was Ladybird, and had seven male dogs that were advertised as stud dogs. Seven. Top top, top stud yeah, dogs. Yeah, the top, top yeah. stud dogs. They didn't, they didn't have a clue that no, those dumb was coming. No, yeah. they didn't know that it was going to be there. And we took them hunting, and it was a two-dog cast. There was two, two potent individuals out there, and that was Lady Bird and Little Joe. And I, I said, man, I, you know, he's a trick. And so who I who owned Little Joe? Well, actually, uh, a gentleman by the name of Curry Hall at that time owned Joe. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Gene Boyd lived on his farm in, in one of his tenant houses, and. Uh, they, Gene single registry. They didn't know what he was out of. Uh, mm-hmm. Gene found him at a uh, trade days, and he called Mr. Hall and wanted to know if he could borrow the money. I don't know, maybe hundred and a half or something. Uh, I, I'm, that figure's not right. I'm just throwing that out there. But anyway, it was a low figure. And Curry said, no, I won't lend you money. Because he said, you won't ever pay me back, Gene. He said, but if you <laughs> want him, I'll buy him. Yeah. And so when I went down there, uh, Joe was at uh, Mr. Hall's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were bread. And just to clarify, we're talking about Boyd's, Boyd's little Joe. Boyd's little Joe. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gene, <clears throat> Gene was a friend of mine, became a friend of mine, and Gene didn't read or write. And so he had his name on the, on the paper, said Boyd's little Joe. And he got him single registered. Someone at the hunt filled out the papers, worked for him, et yeah. cetera. But he was a dynamic dog. He put the go power and, and the, you know, the ground strength in him. And mm-hmm. old Ladybird put that massive tree dog out there. So you guys made that cross, right? Right. Little Little Joe had a ton of drive. Yeah, they had a lot of drive. Yeah, mm-hmm. big, wheels. Uh, big wheels. The word was I heard, and Dad might verify this, but they hunted him beginning with a, put a log chain on him to slow him down. I'd heard that before too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd go. Yeah, he put the drive in him. So, that little bird, Joe Cross, what did that produce? I kept four dogs. I kept four dogs out of that cross, puppies. Uh, Today they talk about early starting dogs. 
I, I, I took cash the first night he was ever in the woods. He was four and a half months old. I took him across my house, and I said, son, you'll never see a dog. My beard may be long and white before you see a dog, another dog, but before you do, you'll be treeing coons. And I turned that old big fat rascal down there, and I heard him strike down there. And I thought, well, good for him. He's jumped a rabbit or something yeah. down there, you know. And he quit, wheeled back into a fence line and come treed, and I couldn't believe it. I thought, well, he's, he's on that fence, you know. And I went down there, and he was standing on the side of the tree. I mean, a four-and-a-half-month-old puppy, ever breath like he'd done it all of his life. So did he run that track the whole, the he, whole he, way? He, I mean, he run he was... the track. It was a short track, mm -hmm. and no doubt it was red hot. But he probably run, I don't know, 75 yards. But when he come in there on that tree, he come in there with bad intentions. He looked, <laughs> you know? I said, oh, yeah, we're in business. You know, I think a lot of times when you're starting those young dogs like that, if they get that one opportunity, that it's it's hard to find that right break for a young dog when you're starting them. That's right. But if you can get it on, and you can get it to them early, man, they can. a lot of them will take off. That's but, right just trips that trigger if you yeah. get that trigger tricked at the right time yeah you got everything gets together at the right time you put them in the right situation so that was cash that was cash and he that dog right there tried i could talk to him and he'd do anything to please me i mean he was smart and then i had a full brother to him while woody uh he just tried to torment me i mean he was a miserable <laughs> he's miserable i won the nkc world hunt with him yeah and made him a grand night champion. He was potent, boy. I mean, he'd get struck, and it might be two or three things he ran before he treed, but he was a tree dog and get on that card. Yeah. But uh, I had. Uh, he did stuff to you out of spite. Out of spite. He'd like to torment me. Yeah, <laughs> I know he did. <laughs> the funny story behind Woody is the pale faced Joe dog I was telling you about. Uh huh. Dad sold him back in early 70s. To the guy that I end up going to as a youngster handled for Kenny Bullis. Yeah, that's true. That's where Woody went. Yeah. No kidding. And yeah. then 30 plus, she was longer than that. Yeah. 30 years later is the guy that, first guy I ever went to work for running dogs for. Was the same guy that bought Woody off dad back in the early 70s. I'll be yes, that's true. 20 years later is yeah. when I, when I, and he's a good, good friend, one of the best friends I got. Yeah. They're family. They're right. our family. There's a bunch of people out here that are family, what we call family today. If it had not been for a dog, I'd never knew they were alive. You know, so it's been a good experience all the way around. It, yeah, no doubt. So let I want to talk about that part, too. There's so many things I want to talk to you about, Ed. I came covered all in one podcast. I can tell you that right. right now. We can't cover 70 years with hounds in 50 minutes. There's That's just true. no way. That's true. <clears throat> but um, It's took me 56 years to learn to figure it all out. I still ain't got it figured. I don't out. either. I'm still working on yeah. it. You know, that is something that is so important that I to hear you say because that has been something that we have continually talked about on our podcast is if you decide that you're going to stop learning, you might as well just quit. Absolutely. Absolutely. The party's over. Dad, Dad asked me last night, and, and he knows this, and every every hunt we go to, I'll pull them rules out. I tell these young people. If you're going to start young like, like I did and like a lot of us did, you better know the rules. So every hunt, and, he, and he'll look at me like, what is that guy doing? I've yeah. only been doing this for 45 years. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll scan through there, and he said, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, something could happen tonight that I might miss, and I don't want to miss it. That's right. 
I, I, I did the same thing when I was competition. And I, I entered my first competition cast when I was 13. And I probably hunted those until I was 50. And uh, still, you have the rule book. You look at the rules. That's right. If you get cheated out there, 99 times out of 100 is because you let it happen. Absolutely. I, I, I want to touch on that. Go ahead. Me too. And I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> this old world's full of negativity. And, yeah, things are up and down. But I don't care what they say. I've been... Uh, I've been doing it since I, you know, I've been, I followed him. He, he never went to a hunt that I didn't go to. I was backward, the first child. My mom was an 18-year-old, and I, you couldn't pull me off her leg. Not only was he backward, but he's pretty ugly, too. Yeah. I he mean, does I'm have mature. a He's got yeah. a face for radio. Yeah, he does. I yeah, really, he's a radio face. They, yeah. they talk about wine, aging wine. I've come a long ways <laughs> on that. But, uh, I mean, there was nothing happened. I didn't absorb as a kid, so I mean, I've been. That's all I've known my whole life. But what I want, the point I want to get across is, I hear so much negativity, which negativity, just like a newspaper, it sells. Mm-hmm. But that's what it is. If you will know the rules, and I got several young guys. I like long, young people. I mean, even at the AKC World Hunt, I got in the top eight and should have been the final four with people like Scott Engel, Greg Maynard, Eric Pyatt. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I really should have been there had I had things worked right for me. But every one of those guys, which you, anybody can recognize those names, all at a young age come right out of basically the same training ground, same club. That's right. And I, I hunted with every one of those guys, and several of them on the very first, they rode with me on the very first hunt they were in. Yeah. And I and I told uh, Scott Engel called today. Greg Maynard called. Good friends of mine. And I told them the whole time, guys, you got to know these rules. You're going to have to get along with people. Yeah. Engel and Manor especially, they'll fight. They'll fight each other or, or, or whatever. <laughs> and I kept telling them, and I'm, I told them today, I said, I'm proud of them guys. But I'm going to say the same thing to these young people that I told them young guys, and they went on to be way more than I'll ever be in the Coonhound world. I'm proud of them, but I always force the issue that you better know the rules before you start because if three guys go out there and they're mad at you, you ain't got a good enough dog to beat them guys. No. But the moral of that story is all this negativity out here that we feed on and we're getting cheated on, uh, there's a lot to that because if they, they don't, you can read, they don't know the rules. Mm-hmm. Those rules were put in place to stop those situations. But if you don't know the rules and how to, how to use them effectively, you're going to feel you got cheated. Right. But I really want to force that to these young people because the rest of a lot of the crowd's getting older. Well, it's like you can take any great – you can look at race car drivers. Dale Earnhardt knew the rules, and he knew how far he could use those rules. He didn't look at the rules and say, oh, well, we're allowed this much, you know, draft. So I'm going to back off even farther so that I can stay inside the rules. That's not what made him great. No. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're coaching a football team, you're turning a coon dog loose, or you're a major league baseball player. Knowing those rules and know how, knowing that edge, it's like a cliff. You can go to the edge, you just can't go off. That's right. And it's those people that know where that edge is and are comfortable work walking on it. And that's when we've all been there. We've seen these guys come back from these casts. It's like, oh, every time they come back in and they they didn't win, it's like I got cheated. And then they get on the internet now and they start yeah, talking yeah. about being cheated. You weren't cheated. You weren't prepared. That's, That's what right. was really happening. Exactly right. And the truth of the matter is, 
we talked about this today. There's going to be casts where you draw three guys on the same tree. I can tell you what's going to happen. There ain't no sense. The rules, here's what it says, three out of four. It don't matter if there's a field mouse or there's a, a, a butterfly. You take your licks and you move on. That's part of it. There will be a little bit of that, but uh, don't let that stop you because, man, we just made so many friends yeah. and so many good people. And most of my best, some of my very best friends come right out of these coon hounds. They're a funny bunch. Coon hunters will fight each other and try to kill each other. But now don't mess with them, just like brothers and sisters. Yeah. Good yeah, people. You, you watch one of them come up with a kid that's sick and they need that's to be right. they need right. money they need money for hospital bills. And they 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 won't ask you for it. No. They won't ask you for it. No. But somebody in that crowd will put on a benefit hunt, a benefit dinner. I've seen it time and time again. Absolutely. Out of this crowd. So anybody that says that it's it's competition. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's right. You know, we're just having a good time. That's right. But uh, let's get back to cash. I, w- I do want to go back to cash because we've got a lot more story to tell here. Uh, you've said it, but was cash your favorite dog you've ever hunted? In my eyes, he's the best dog I've ever hunted. Okay, that, that's what I was wondering. Right, yeah. yeah. Now, like I said, I kept four of those pups. Uh, cash is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Little Bird's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Wild Woody, uh, I won the world hunt with him. Won the, they had an English world championship hunt also that I won with him. And the other one was Big Dave, and he won Walker Days. I mean, none of them were pushovers. That was a tough club right That's pretty there. good for four pups to yeah, keep. Right. No kidding. Yeah. I won, same litter. Yeah, and all of them were grand night champions. Yeah, they were strong, super strong. Yeah. They had a guy who would hunt a lot seven nights a week, uh, too. That's then. true, yeah. Yeah. I never caught that trait. I stayed away from that trait. And I respect that. I mm-hmm. respect that. I was obsessed with the game. Barb pretty well raised our kids because Dad's on the road running the dog. Mm-hmm. And Scott quit for almost 20 years to raise his kids. And yeah. I, and I respect it. He's a far better man than I was. Well, there's, a, there's, there's another reason behind that, and he may not remember it. But when I started having kids, he said, don't do what I've done. That's right. And he told me that. I never forgot it. Yeah. I, I may, uh, we struggle. I tried to work for him. This only guy's fired me 20 times. Oh, more than that. <laughs> I'd fire him about every day. And make, we rode together an hour. Yeah. I'd have to set the truck. <laughs> but I, got, I, I listened to what he said. Uh, I raised three fabulous kids. Absolutely. And, and that wife he's got, he's talking about as a mother, they don't make him no better. No better. Yeah. Yeah. My dad, my dad was in business too, and uh, he always told me. He says, "You're a good tear-out man." But it came time when he said, "We're coming up on summer break. I think I'd grad, I had graduated, and I was getting ready to start working for him." He goes, "You're not working for me this summer." I was like, "What am I going to do?" He goes, "Here's a name and number. You're going to go work. You're going to go find another job. It's time that you learn how to work for somebody else." Right, and. Uh, I went and worked in a plastic bag factory that summer because my dad wouldn't hire me. Yeah. <laughs> That's about right. It's yeah, the best a, thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Yep, it really true. was. That's true. And That's he knew true. it. But he I, knew I, it. I, knew, I knew the problem. A lot of the problem was he knows a lot. Maybe more than one man should, but not quite enough for two. That's true. That's yeah. what I always say. Yeah. yeah. But even at eight, I started for him at 15. He fudged my, uh, with the company, he fudged my uh, paperwork eight, to uh, show I was 16. Yeah. Put no. false papers on it. Yep. Yeah. 
You false papered your yeah, son false too. Papered him, yeah, both I, of them. <laughs> <laughs> him and Mark both. I false papered him. <laughs> but I, I learned a lot right there. Yeah. Now we butt heads. We would butt heads because I knew more than he did. It. And then maybe not fifteen, but by sixteen, I probably knew. I thought I was pretty sure I knew more than he did. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He was handful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> he said I acted just like my mother, but that wasn't true. No. <laughs> you can tell by listening to us where my problems at. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get I, – I do want to touch on the one of the most well-known English dogs probably that's ever lived, um, and that's Spec, Hard Time Spec. Yes, sir. And tell me the story about Spec. Uh, I don't even know it all. I know that you – it's Hayes' Hard Time Spec. It, you know, I've heard the – I know he was a walker dog at one time. He's single registered. I don't know if you ever actually owned him or if you're just handling him or so let me all right. tell me tell we'll me tell all the about story him. uh we were up at Van Wert, Ohio to the uh ACHA World Hunt and uh, like I said that's back, back when it was a big deal and I had a friend named Scratch Waters he's he was uh Tim Waters uh father and you've probably heard of Tim he's done a done a bunch of winning mm-hmm. but uh uh, I went over and I talked to Scratch when they come in, and he he had drawn out with Joe House, uh, and I walked over and I said, Scratch, how 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 did you do? You win? He said, Lord, no, I didn't win. I said, Did Joe win? He said, God, no, he didn't win. And I said, Who won? He said, A little old ticked up, looked like half starved to death Walker dog. Mm-hmm. And he said, We was out there in them big hundred acre cornfields beating and banging. And he said that thing would slide out of there and get treed and have it. You know, he said he wore us out. And he I'm pretty sure that he was high dog the first two nights. Mm-hmm. Now, I may be wrong on that, but I, I want to think he was. Well, the third night, uh, they called his name. The handler didn't show. A no-show. And uh, Really? With two cast wins at the World Hunt. And and, and may have been the high, high dog. I'm, like I said, I'm not certain on that. But I'd been out there talking to that guy a little bit and looking at that little old skinny dog. And I walked out there, and that guy was laying in the in the cab of that truck. Uh, he was either drunk or OD'd or dead or something. Mm-hmm. But I spoke to him, and he didn't move. So I just got away. Well, I, <laughs> we came back in, and Russell Wagers was there and my friend Calvin Hayes. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, of course, I, w- I think I was running John, because of John. And I said, as soon as this hunt's over with, I'm going to check that dog out. Uh, the guy that owns him was named Houston Carter, and he lived in Tennessee. So I I went on run two or three more nights until the hunt was over. Well, Russell went home, and he jumped on that phone, and in some way he got a hold of Houston's phone number. Uh, and he called Houston's house, and uh, he talked to his mother, and he said, you know, I met Houston uh, up at the World Hunt. He had he was up there with his dog, and she said, you, di- you didn't meet Houston. And he said, uh, was he coon hunting, got a dog named Speck? And she said, he could, you know, he coon hunting, and he probably got dogs. I don't know what he's got. Mm-hmm. But she said, he's in prison. So it wasn't him up there. Yeah. Well, Russell, he got a hold of the prison. She, he talked with her, found out what prison he was in, and he talked with Houston, 
and he bought him over the phone. And Houston said, take the money to my mother, and, uh, and, he, and I'll call her and tell her where the dog's at. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. So Russell, he bought the dog from somebody that was in prison. He was in prison, yes. And the guy running him was not Houston Carter. No, was it wasn't Houston. They thought it was. Yeah. He kind of identified as Houston Carter, but it Houston was, Carter himself was in prison. He was locked up. No kidding. Yeah. What, where was he? What state was he? Tennessee. In Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, and at that time, uh, let's see what uh, Speck's name was. Tennessee Speck. That's right. Tennessee Speck. Well, Russell got him, and he had, uh, I don't know what he gave for him, but he got that dog, and down there in his kennel, he had Wager Stylus Lipper and Hard Time Speck standing down there side by side. And he'd got him in, in the 75, yes, he got him in the, in the winter of 75 and 76. Uh, but he called Calvin early, uh, maybe March or April. Well, Calvin had a night champion female up there that Russell wanted to breed this stylish leper. And he called Calvin, and they worked out a deal. And anyway, Russell got that female. And I don't know if there's any money transferred. I never did ask Calvin. But anyway, Russell got the night champion female that he wanted to breed to leper, and Calvin got got speck and that was in uh, 76 mm-hmm. the big the biggest real problem right there in my opinion was uh calvin got him because ed bates was not going to buy a walker dog at that time <laughs> yeah that's I, right. I tell you what really happened there mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh <laughs> calvin had him in uh, got him in 76 and uh he won walker days with him uh I don't know what all he won. Several hunts with him. But in 77 then, he'd had him down there over a year. Mm-hmm. In 77, we went to World Hunt, and he was running. Uh, he had Speck up there and uh, Finisher Jake, a good walker dog. And he came over and told me, he said, I'm done. I'm selling every dog I've got. And uh, I'm he'd, he'd had a bad outing. Had two yeah. very good dogs. Two top had dogs. Bad luck. No, bad Finisher. Jake's finisher. Jake's, okay, Jake's yeah, finisher. Jake. He, he was out of a finisher. Yeah, he was okay. out, he was out of game finisher. Okay. But a real dog. Yeah. And I said, uh, you're going to sell them all? He said, I'm selling everything. I'm done. Hold that thought, Ed. we got to pay a couple bills here. Don't be skipping through my ads. These people pay so that you can listen to stories just like this. Hey, check out Cajun Lights at CajunLights.com. They are putting together a super light. For you, they've got several models. They've got all kinds of hunting stuff down there. And Cajun Lights just opened up a storefront there as well. And you can find all that information over on CajunLights.com. High-quality gear with top-of-the-line customer service. Also, check out Dogs Are Treed at DogsAreTreed.com. Leashes, tie-outs, paws are protected. Dogs are hydrated. All their gear is top-of-the-industry standard. You don't want to miss that. And I put these two together because LW is actually going to start carrying Dogs Are Treated stuff. So you can shop over there for that stuff as well on their website. But when you go to dogsaretreed.com and enter the promo code HXP20% off at checkout, you're going to get 20% off your entire order. 
Finally, if you are not registered on the social media platform of Go Wild, you go to timetogowild.com. You can download the app. You can download it from the App Store. It's a social media platform built for hunters by hunters. You can post your hunting content over there, and you will not be censored by the big tech companies that are really just harvesting your data and then selling it to the highest bidder and using all of our hunting content to fight against us. And if you listen to the Houndsman XP podcast between now and the end of June, June 30th, and you log that time on your Go Wild account, you are going to be entered into a drawing for the Dakota 283G3 meeting kennel. Every time you listen, every time you log your time, you're going to get a chance to win. But you have to go to Go Wild and register for an account. Time is running out, and some people are really stacking up some time logged listening to the Houndsman XP podcast over there. Let's get back to this interview with Ed and Scott Bates. I said, what do you want for the spec note? And he said, that 4500 I said, I'll take him. That's a lot of money. That That's betcha. a lot of money. You betcha. There goes fishing poles and everything no, else again. No, I had sold. He had a little bit of that time. I had so, Yeah. <laughs> He'd worked past the fishing poles. Yeah, I got past that and had a little bit of pocket change, you know. <laughs> a little walking around yeah. money. But uh, what I had done that same day, I'd sold Hop Singh. Full Clarence Bannister down Fuller's in, Hop Singh. Yeah, Fuller's Hop Singh. Yeah. To uh, Clarence Bannister down in Georgia for 4500 and Calvin was there when I sold him. Oh. So he knew, he, <laughs> he knew. knew that I was loaded, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> he knew he wasn't going to stay with him long. That's either. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how you came to own Spec. That's how I got him. And I uh, I won English days with him. Uh, God, I don't know what I won with him. But in 78, I got him 77. And, and uh, 78... I won uh, fifth place in the world championship with him mm-hmm. and then came back 79 and won it. Uh, and which registry was that? Uh, ACHA. ACHA. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make That's sure. back when it was still big. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly. Where was 78 at? Where did they hold that at? Was that Arkansas? Arkansas. Yeah. 78 was in Arkansas. And then uh, Norwalk, Ohio in 79. Yes, that's right. So was he was he a registered walker before? Calvin transferred him. He was a full-blooded registered walker. Uh-huh. His papers were right. He was out of Clay's Duke King on the top side, uh, who was a sailor bred dog. Mm-hmm. And on the bottom side, uh, he was out of Dot Spot, and right. she was a banjo bred dog. So he was bred to reproduce. Yeah. And as soon as I looked at his papers, I thought, boy, this sucker should throw something. Uh-huh. And I was right for once. How long had the English and the English and Walker breed had probably only been split for, well, by the time Speck was born, less than 20 years. Wouldn't that be right? Probably close. It was 45 when the Walker split off. And then, 45. So yes. it had been about 30 years. Yeah, about 30 years. So even, even at that point. And Speck looked like an English dog. I remember yeah, the old pictures. Yeah, he was a dog, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I always uh, I always wonder about the name Dot Spot. Um, I don't know exactly the deal there, but now Dot Spot always was where I thought uh, something would come in there at. Yeah. He she, ticked up bad. She, I mean, was, she was ticked up, yeah. And I, I think it would be good to talk about, I mean, back in those days, uh, 
people, I, I'll admit this. I had a I had a blue tick female that I know the papers weren't right on right, her. Right. They, she had yellow papers back yeah. then. Uh, she wasn't purple ribbon bred. There was a time when just having purple ribbon bred dogs meant something. You know, that was a big deal. It was back in the day, and uh, it just wasn't uncommon because single registration was available. Uh, people were single registering dogs. There were papers floating around. It doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it honest. No. But, but, but it happened. That's how we got this whole thing started. That's right. You know, and what breaks my heart today. I, I never did have a purple ribbon bread dog. All of my dogs were punched up in yeah. some form or fashion. You know? Yeah. Wasn't really after a PR dog. No, I didn't want and, and When I was younger, we had a, most of the dogs were cold nose trailing dogs, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, the hunts were three hours, and, and a good tree dog, you get after one, stay on it, and get in there and grind it out. We had the three-hour hunts, and they dropped down to two, and hour and a half. Now you got an hour. Uh, my eyes, I, I, I can't see that. Well, what spec put into the English breed that, that made him so tree power prolific? Tree power, absolutely. Stone cold tree power. Good, and good natured dogs with good wheels. Mm-hmm. Well, and at that time, uh, and you see it today. If you look at your big stud dogs. A lot of them will throw early starting tree dogs. Yeah. In the English breed especially, they all needed that at that time. Yeah. But really what happens in my eyes is once you get a dog with early starting tree dog, the biggest advantage they got is people fool with them. Yeah. Right. They like them, they'll fool with them, and they'll make good dogs out of them. I think that's vital. Right. Part of the the reproducing. If you look at the reproducing list, and I'm not going to mention any names, especially if you get over those white dogs, a lot of those dogs throw tree dogs too much at times, mm-hmm. but they got hunted because people liked them. And spec, that's what spec put the tree power in. Put the tree power in, people liked them. How did, how did the English breeders of the day, how did they receive spec? Hated him. They hated him. Uh, he was competition. You know, when, they, when they transferred the Walker dogs out of the English breed, uh, they reserved the right to transfer uh, that offspring back, mm-hmm. you know, if they fit the bill, and that's what happened to him. Right. Uh, he wasn't a single register dog; he was a transfer. But uh, they, they, spec stopped the transfers. Uh, Is that what stopped? Absolutely. It? Fred Miller come to me and said, uh, you know, a lot of the Walker breeders are complaining, you know, about you transferring that dog. Well, the Walker breeders could care less. It was yeah. English people that were complaining. You yeah. Know? He, he was getting in their pocket. So he stopped the transfer. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when he did that, uh, at that time, I dropped out of the English Association. I was there when this thing started, and, and Nell put it together, just a handful of us. But uh, I told him, I said, you know, if we allow him to do this, uh, it's going to hurt our breed. Yeah. You know, we were competitive when, at that time. We could run in any major hunt, you know. Mm-hmm. But today you really don't see that, and there's a reason why. Uh, I wish they'd open uh, transfers back up. I wish they'd open up single registration. Now they're let, now UKC is handing uh, the single registration, and they're, they're the crossbred, X-bred. But I, yeah. I, I wish they'd change that back. Hmm. Well, that kind of leads us into the next part. 
maybe before we get there, I want to ask Scott, what was it like growing up, you know, with the success your dad's had? And um, I'll be honest with you, in a lot of aspects of life, I'm the, I'm the most, some people call it lucky. I'm the most blessed guy that ever lived in my life, even to this very day. Even laying in bed this morning when I come in with a castaway, and I'm laying in bed with him, and uh, he's ate White Castles for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but I laid there last night thinking, well, I got six and a quarter here. That's going to be okay. Well, give us, you know, give us a good shot tomorrow night. And I just closed my eyes, and, uh, and, I, and when I prayed at night, I thought I'd just soak, let myself soak this in because this is pretty daggone special. Because yeah, uh, we we butted heads and and uh, oh we still do we still do he way no, still knows way more than I oh, do even my. though he's forgot half what he knows <laughs> he knows more than I do yeah and uh, but no he it it was uh, I was in, in every aspect of this life I I just been so lucky and so blessed to be honest with you I've I've raised three tremendous kids yes he has I've had tremendous family I had the best family I didn't realize what people go through growing up without a stable parent and uh, putting them in church on Sundays like, like my mother did. I'll give her all that credit. Yeah, absolutely. But now he's now a deacon at the church he's at there. And, uh, and well, we he ba- said we, at TOC he was going to give the money to the church. We about got yeah. him straightened yeah. up. I yeah. mean, this took my mom 70-some <laughs> years. but yeah. uh, She got me straightened out. <laughs> yeah, she's helped him. She said, she always says, I thought that guy walked on water, knew everything for about 25 years, and I realized I don't know about that. Uh-huh. She said it took 25 years. Yeah. But no, it was, uh, I, I knew it was big, but I wasn't really old enough until I got older now to really appreciate what it was. Yeah. Uh, we'd go to a hunt. Now, this is no kidding. And you go to the World Hunter, the Grand American. I mean, they, you know, there was people, a fairground full of people. And uh, which we're at English days now and haven't been in years, but I'm just, we're, you know, it was a, at a fairground just this very same place. And, uh, I'm telling you, the the dude was so hot. There'd be people just flock when you got there. Couldn't even get out of your truck. I ain't kidding you. You know, you know and and I don't want to blow his head up because I I'll beat him down every chance uh, I get. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Under yeah. control. <laughs> and he does me the same way. Yeah. And uh, and I just thought, man, and I, and like I said earlier, I thought, man, I want to be that guy someday. Yeah. Uh, be careful what you wish. For. Right. Right. <laughs> I picked up my mother's really good heart and really good traits. And I kind of learned what he does on the side. So I try to live by her words. That's right. Act yeah, like much him. Much better. <laughs> I can't get away from it. You can hear that. You can hear that between us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it was uh, – and, and I did not understand the fact of people, uh, strangers. There were no strangers. Back then, you won the world hunt or even from the time, you know, from cash. But he built a house, built a big house in uh, about – what about 75 probably 76 and 77 and uh the upstairs was just like the downstairs two bedrooms kitchen living room bathroom yeah and there would be people coming me as a kid he there would breed i mean there were times where there was people there i don't know sometimes you breed every day there for a while back then that's what they did they came to the world champion and there would be people come from anywhere mississippi arkansas florida georgia They'd come to our house and they'd set that table and they'd get that dog bread and they'd go into them stories and get late and they said, "Well, we're going to have to go get some hotel." I said, "No, uh, uh-uh. you're going to go. I got you. Got your rooms downstairs." And uh, there were strange people. And me and my sister talk about this and brother. 
But we were in a house full of strangers that we'd never met three or four nights a week. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I can't imagine, uh, unfortunately, my ex-wife, I can't imagine bringing strangers into our house and staying and her cooking and cleaning and and, uh, just like it was. But it it was just the best thing that happened to me because I like people. Right. And I don't know any strangers and. It's, it was the best thing ever happened to me. I didn't realize how big it was. I knew he was good, but he was a competitor, and he's still—you can tell right now—he's still a competitor. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was—it was just something else. Well, that—that that leads me to my next question, Ed. What's kept you doing this for so many years? I mean, it, you still enjoy the competition side of it and being competitive. I know you're not out there hooking and jabbing in the no. cast anymore and no. things like that, but something about this still draws you to it. You're going to the TOC. You're coming to English Days. You guys are running a hound right now. I mean, she's laying right here in the box behind me. What's kept you in it this long? Just the love of the sport, I guess. People. Uh, and the people. The people. I like Let's people. be honest. It's the people. We hunted last night and come in here and went over to the kitchen and we sat over there you know, cast members laughed and made fun of each other. And, you know, we made friends last night. I know we did. I'll promise you we did. Yeah. 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 There wasn't a question on the card or, or a harsh word. And I, I really don't know. You know, I hear people all the time saying they got screwed on right. the cast. That's putting it mildly. Yeah, that's putting it very mildly. Uh, I don't see that. I don't see that at all. Mm-hmm. We, we don't. We get beat. Bad breaks. There's breaks. Yeah, we have yeah. bad breaks, but we we don't get screwed. You know, right. we, we lose. We win some, and we lose some. And sometimes, don't matter. We, sometimes we lose more than we win. But I'd say now they probably, probably screwed us there. <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many females? You th- do you know how many females were bred to spec over the years? Uh, off the top of my head, no. I believe registered dog spec had twelve hundred and eighty. But now, <clears throat> I've read Walker Dogs, a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys paid the stud fee, and they left with no paperwork. And where they went or what they'd done, I, I, with them, I'm pretty sure what they'd done, but right. that was none of my business. I've read Walker Dogs, Blue Ticks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had I, a daughter out of spec. Did you? Yeah, I sure did. I did not know that. What, yep. did you do, kill her? No, <laughs> she was a whale of a tree dog. She uh, she was actually a pretty nice little dog. Um, I came home one night from work, as a matter of fact, and, and I I heard a dog tree down the river bottoms and walked down there, walked back to the kennel and realized she, she loved to hunt. She was a hard-hunting dog. She could move a track. She was almost dead silent on track. She was almost all white, had a black head and a little bit of red on her head. Uh, but had a few body ticks on her, but she was a whale of a tree dog. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was pretty common. Right? Yeah. Most of them yep. were tight mouth tree dogs. I mean, slam she was type. She had, she got it. Let yeah. me tell you. That's a typical spec dog. Well, and yeah. actually, um, of <clears throat> she wasn't very big either. She's only right. about 40 pound female. That's right. But another thing was good for spec is, and this crossed well, it happened at the right time. In my opinion was made two crosses that really got that thing kicked off. And he, they were both bred to an old-style Little Joe trailing-type hound. Mm-hmm. And the first two litters, because I, I was there for both of them and got them all, most of them started was with uh, a little dog that I had, which was directly out of Little Bird, which was Cash's sister, with little, which was Little Joe. Mm-hmm. But Bates's Red Bird 
crossed, that was a little Joe crossed on spec. That was one of the first crosses really made. And the second one was a little, was a little, was directly off little Joe called Carster's Tina. Yeah. And hmm. that, that's where another, those were two tremendous litters at the right time crossed on trailing dogs, which, which resulted in uh, multiple granite champions, hard time going. I mean, just, I can't even name them all. But then the, the other cross there was, was with Carster's Tina was world champion uh, hard time Hannah, mm-hmm. 84 ACHA world champion, directly off spec and Carster's Tina. Let's just name some of the dogs that have go that go back to spec, and then we'll talk about cash too. But uh, you guys, name, you name them. Yeah. <laughs> I'd hate to even start trying. I mean, some of the you know Seth, a lot of Seth issues. Did his Charlie Seven go back to spec? Uh, I I tried to get I tried to get him set down and work on that. Um, you know, I I think he doesn't he go back. I, I'm sure he does. What about uh, what about the Main Street Roy dogs? The Main Street Roy dogs, um, or the Main Street dogs? Uh, actually, me and Stanley were friends, and Stanley started that right out of the same place that uh, I was talking about. Me and Engel and Maynard and Timmy Waters and Pyatt mm-hmm. was Seaman, Ohio, back in the early '90s was strong. I drawed Stanley the first year he started with a female called Red. Uh, I drawed him ten times, and I think I beat him probably ten times. But he probably had a better dog. And he told me he said I've learned a lot. He said, you've beat me with my dog about nine times in a row. But Stanley come a long ways from there. Yes, he did. And I, I'm trying to did remember. Did Stanley ever tell you get, about getting beat by a mountain current at PKC Open event the year he won the? It's won hard the, to tell because Stanley, <laughs> Stanley put more work in than probably any man uh, he in won, recent history. He won, well, he won what was it, the uh, highest money winner hunting open events with Roy. Yes. Yeah. They going would, to open events. And right. they all went back. National to, leader race is what he Oh, he, Stanley would go, uh, and I kind of had started having kids in then. So, you know, the first little bit of Stanley there, I uh, the first year he really started is when we really – there was just a lot of training went on in Southern Ohio right there in the, in the mid to early 90s. A lot of good dog men come out of there. But uh, I hunted with Spike, which is what Roy and them were out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to a hunt one time up there around Jamestown, and nobody showed up. And uh, Stanley was one of the four or five of us there. And we, we put up money and had a grudge hunt with five dogs in one cast. <laughs> and the reason I remember that is because Spike ended up winning. He treated the only king. It was bad. And uh, But I know, I can't remember exactly how Spike was bred. I think he was out with Sonny. Okay. Uh, and he had some – there was some dad – some a lot of dad stuff. But everything right. you look at uh, – and there's been some tremendous lines of dogs – uh, and I told Daddy, you know, congratulate them guys and Larry Wilcox. Um, those, well, I think all of those guys. I know. wanted to go to the cash side of it because yes. when you start looking at that little joke, you know, bird cross right. that you made, right. Briar Creek dogs. I mean, I know, yeah. I know Jim Ridge had done Jim, tremendous. Jim those were cash. Done a great job. So is Larry. Yes, yeah. there's just yeah. so many of them. Swamp Rooster's mother was a was a, a grandson. I was talking to Gail Flowers the other day. And I was looking at it, uh, uh, a pedigree that he had on, um, can't remember the dog's name now, but it had had cash in it and a lot of the boys old Joe's a few times in it and things like that. But I actually had a, the first dog I ever had was an English dog that had either Lady Bird or Little Bird in it and boys old Joe in there. It had right. to be boys old Joe, Lady Bird. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's what and I'm it was like a grand pup. 
of that cross, and that would have been the early '80s. So that would have been about the right right time time frame That's for right. that. That's right. Uh, I, w- I would like for him to sit down and, and we we're going to order some big sets of papers. This Tennessee stud dog that he's got now, the male dog that uh, Jerry Norris has hunting, done a real job for him with. Uh, I got the sixth generation, I guess it is. And it's right there. It specs on there a time or two, but it's uh, uh, I, w- I want to order some papers on some big dogs to work yeah. really track down a lot of those lines because I've lost. I seen Sergeant's Blue was on his papers, which Sergeant's Blue uh, was a grand pup to cash. Mm-hmm. And a funny story about that is we uh, we were at a world hunt. I think it was Pine Bluff, Arkansas. It was. It was. And. Uh, of course, I was that kid. I was the maintenance man. I fed dogs yeah, from the time. Right. I, I mean, I took if that you know he didn't even know which ones was which half the time. Yeah. You know, I, I was the man on the plan, and uh, I'd run around. I wouldn't say nothing, but I come around the side of the building and I told him. I said, uh, "Hey, come here." He said, "What?" I said, "Cash is a pup out of cash or something standing right over there." There, nobody knew who Sergeant Blue was. Mm-hmm. The first year he come about, and he got in the final four that year. But I said, Cash is standing right out there. You know, and I, I was just a young guy, a, yeah. kid, a kid. He said, do what? I said, come look, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But we walked around the corner, and I could, I could tell. He looked, and he said, golly. Yep, there stood old Cash. It was Cash color. standing there. No kidding. Yeah. And, I, and he asked that guy, I said, what's that dog out of? And he said, True Cash. And Dad said, that's all my True Cash was out of old Cash. Yeah. But and there's just was, so many dogs you look at on there, and I'm thinking that's where he come from. I, I really want to study that at some point. What's it? What's it like to you know? What's it make you feel like, Ed, to to go around and look at dogs and be able to see your life's work here? Proud. I'm proud of him. I really am. Yeah. I I like to touch on something about Speck. Now he was a great reproducer, mm-hmm. no question about it. But see, when Cash came along, I didn't have any foundation to put him over. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. Yeah. I hadn't. Didn't have anything put together. And with Cash, I bred him. I got some females. I bred John over them. I, you know, I had my my starting foundation ready to go. Foundation yeah. stuck in place. Right. The table was set for Speck when he stepped stepped in my yard that's so valuable because yeah, right. i think a lot of times and this isn't any slight to you i've i've, I've known about cash for you know 40 years right i've, I've known about cash but uh it just seems like you see that hard time spec name a lot absolutely and that's good that you explained that right. you know you use cash as your foundation as a starting block yeah and, just, and just like i said it happened at the right time because the pieces were in place and those first two litters were just tremendous yeah yeah. And there was a young guy out there about 12 or 13 and hunted them every day, all day long. Yeah. <laughs> I will take a little credit for that. I, right. I had a hard time Hannah that won the world hunt and uh, her and a litter mate to her. And uh, I went to walk to my grandma's house, which was across the field. And they got after some cats at about three months old. And the rest is history. That's I right. hunted them all day long. Every One of them I burn out. All he'd do is chew the tree. I'd, I'd hunt them all day. Mm-hmm. And uh, But Hannah come on to win the world hunt and done yeah. well. Were you handling her? Nope. Who, uh, who won she the was, She was mine, and I got her up and going good. And uh, she got to about a year old, and I, you know, that's all I had. And she was mine, and then all of a sudden she became dad's, and he put a handler on her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Feral yeah. Fields took her over. Yeah. 
uh, I gave Farrell half of her, and then he sold her to Shorty Bevel, and Shorty won the world hunt with her. Yeah, in 1984. Yeah, in 84. ACHA? ACHA. Yeah. And the same year I won uh, Grand American with uh, Hard Time Gun. Same year. Wow. Which, which yeah. was out of that little, that uh, Redbird Red Cross. Redbird Cross, yeah. Which one do you want, win with Gun? Uh, Grand American. Grand American. Yes. Okay. Gun yeah. won English Days. He had 1,400 Yeah, I won English, English Days with him. I won the U.S. Championship with him. Gun was a powerful unit. Yes, he was. Mm. I mean, a Explo fast, explosive dog. Mm. Yes. Never got bred. He was in the shadows too much. But. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's 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 wrap this up with the question that I wanted to ask you. We talked about it a minute ago, but but uh, what are the biggest changes you've seen from when you started to now in styles of dogs and, and things like that? Well, that scorecard time is – it's pretty much demanded a change. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of ambush-style dogs now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it just uh, and and also probably the biggest thing is independence. You know, the big the big dogs, the big winners are stone cold independent. They're not going to back anything. They're yeah. going to go their own way, and uh, you just don't see a lot of covering. And it's mm -hmm. it's hard to score. You put four of them rascals out there. Uh, I don't care if it's two hour cast. You might have to walk three quarters of a mile this way and a mile and a half back the other way to the other dog. Right. Yeah. Well, that's just like last night. I mean, I had uh, we were in Coon, but that's the kind of dog we developed, and we got to have. So I get I score six six and a quarter on three coons, but that's all I can get done basically in two hours because you know we're going here we're going there and it's, it's tough yeah six and a quarter is pretty good score yeah. it is yeah. yeah for what we hunt now right that's right for what we've got it is yeah yeah would you prefer to have the dogs like cash back in the day or taking all the scorecards off of it and and what the demands it is for competition which style of dog would you rather hunt I'd take cash back in a heartbeat. Would you? No question about it, yes. Yeah, we could compete with cash, but there wasn't a lot of them out there that could, I'll be honest. So you think cash could come, if you could recreate him today, he could compete today? I could drag him out tonight. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you what he's going to say there. Yeah. Huh? There's no doubt what he was going to say there. Yeah. He would still, he would be pretty sure at 79 in, in cash at three, he'd still go ahead and beat these guys. Yeah. Yeah, and probably could is his hat part. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so that style of dog hasn't really changed that much. No, no, but there wasn't a lot of dogs like him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Very, yeah. very, very few, if any. Right. Uh, so he but, was be he was ahead of his time. Right. He was. He was powerful. Yeah. On both it, ends. And I'll tell you another dog that I had that was way ahead of his time it was Hard Time Spider. He was about to first deep and lonely and have it dog that, that i knew of they've been may have been around somewhere else yeah but he was a cast winning son of a gun you wasn't going to score a lot with him but he he's going to win that cast yeah yeah he yeah. was exactly and that would have been in the mid 90s yeah he was exactly like as good a big time winner as you got right now yeah he's wow he's yeah. going to go yeah. if you had garments back then you know, you're not going to you're not going to be able to tree him off one, but at least if you, you know kind of which direction, what hillside you need to be looking at. Right. But right. He, and he wasn't going to bark on the ground hardly, and yeah. have every single coon 
That's your steady treat. Mm-hmm. Period. I, I went one year there when they stole the pale-faced Joe dog from me, and Dad hadn't hunted him in a year or two, and I went over. I retired him. And I said, I'm Too a, old. I need a dog. <laughs> and uh, I went over and got him. I was about half sick. Uh, somebody stole my dream there with, that, with a Joe dog. And I went over and got him, and he's fat, and started hunting him and hunting him and hunting him. And then I, I went that whole year, and I ended up, and I didn't go that many hunts. I just went what was close, but I think I ended up second in the state that year. Yeah. And I'll bet you I probably didn't go to, I probably went to 15, 16 hunts probably. I only remember losing one time, and that's when he ran a locust storm. I mean, it was just that, mm. it was just that kind. Yeah. I'm sure I lost one or two, but I don't really remember didn't lose. I mean, just couldn't hardly lose. He won second in the UCHA World Hunt. Yeah. Uh, on a calling contest at the end that beat him. Hmm. He was he was way ahead of his time. Yeah. Hard going fast. As fast from point A to point B as anything he'd ever turn loose. Yeah. Had every one. Well, what advice do you have, Ed, for for some of these guys out here that, that – uh, want to breed good dogs or, or have good coon dogs or get involved any any advice that you want to give to to some hunters out there don't be jealous of your competitors uh, if someone that you can't stand has got a dog that fills the bill for you you know breed to it uh, it's not going to happen overnight for you it sure didn't me right and biggest advice I'd say is go forth Enjoy the sport and your fellow man and be proud of yourself. Yeah. Just do it right. Yeah. Just do the right thing. Do the right thing. Be a man of integrity. That's right. Yeah. I like that. That's, That's true good story. stuff. Your job well, your I job can't... is to push your dog, your dog in a handler. Your dog your job in my opinion is to give him all all you got, but make sure you do the right thing. Yeah. That's right. It'll yeah. haunt you in the end if you don't. Don't sell your soul for a cast win. Absolutely, man. You can never yeah. re, you can never recover from that. That's exactly right. You know, you yeah. sell. It's hard to respect. It's hard to earn, but it's it's easy to lose. That's right. You can sell it cheap if you yeah. want to. Absolutely, absolutely. There's just so much. You know, there, there's just so much to gain here. Enjoy it, and and you know, there's there's lifetime friends here. There ain't nobody here. You know, there's there's a few people. You're running some bad ones, but man, this place is full of good people. Good people. Good people. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's that's the major part. Dogs come and go, right? People stay. And, and, and a person that continuously runs into a bad guy, he's probably looking for him when he goes <laughs> out there. You know, <laughs> man, I've said that so many times yeah. to people. You can find a fight wherever you want. That's right. Everywhere you go, fights are easy to find. You can find them. Yeah, absolutely. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. You go out at the right pace. Yeah. You're not going to find many people trying to cheat you. No, most people are standing. No, they're up out people. there to beat you. If you don't know what's going on, they're out there to beat you. That's your fault, not theirs. Yeah. 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 Well, I can't tell you. I'd drive four hours when I could have drove an hour and a half to, to get this now. podcast. Chase us now. I did. Huh? I, that's, I decided that I, I know they're going to be at English Days. <laughs> They'll both be there, and I'm going to drive so I can get this interview. I really have been looking forward to this, and I can't thank you enough. We Boy, really appreciate it. We and, appreciate I've got, it. and I told you this before, but when you first called, that's been a year or two ago. Yeah. I've got it written on my refrigerator on my erase board 
it, your name is still on there from that time. I've right. been after him that hard. <laughs> he even took a shower this morning. Yeah, I did. Is that yeah, right? I combed really my did. hair. I yep. thought it was going to be a video. I combed my hair yeah. and everything. He did. Oh, he said, sorry. I need a hat. I may need a hat. Yeah. He said, man, man, I'll get you a hat. Look like a million dollars. You're going to get a hat before you get out right. of here. <laughs> yeah. Now, Lenny's sitting over here. If we take any pictures, Lenny Dixon. Uh, he's 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 been around since when seventy eight. He hunted with old cash in seventy eight. He was right here, John. But he we have to leave his hat on because his wife said he didn't look good without a hat. No. Yep. Would you mind snapping a picture of us while we're? I'll post this on yeah. our social media stuff. Just sit there. Let, they'll get us in midstream. We're not yeah. even done recording yet. Oh, there okay. you go. So we don't want to miss go. anything. But. Uh, Hey, we could go on for two or three days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, could. I could. I could sit here and do this for two or three days with you guys. Uh, but I know you got to get ready for hunting tonight. And you didn't just come over here to talk to me, Ed. Everybody wants to talk to you. So, so, but, everybody uh, but me. I try yeah, to right. avoid him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, until next time, I'm, I'm going to come over and hunt with you. But until I do, you follow your hounds and I'll follow mine. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. much.